Podcast reviewing games from the Game Pass Collection, bringing you three unique perspectives from varying skill range. I am the Master Chief of this episode, Andrew. With me are Mr. Chief, Keith. Hello. And our Master Chef, Liz. Hey guys. And this week was actually a double listener request. Our two listeners, Sawyer and Matthew, they both requested that we do the Halo series. And we've talked about it because neither of my co-hosts have actually played in the Halo games, but I have actually I'm a huge fan of the Halo series. No surprise to anyone. And so we've been trying to figure out how we want to do it because the Master Chief Collection is six games, so it's kind of hard to cram in an episode. But we'll probably do that a little bit in the future and kind of do like a couple parts. We're still trying to figure it out. But I at least figured we could start off with Halo Wars Definitive Edition. So I know some of you will probably be annoyed with me that I pick this as the first introduction to the Halo series for them, but... I figure chronologically it is the first Halo game because this takes place like way at the beginning of the fight with the Covenant. So I said, screw it. This is the easiest game. Let's do Halo Wars. So thank you so much to Sawyer Matthew for recommending we start doing the Halo series. So as I said, we did the Halo Wars Definitive Edition by Ensemble Studios. And this unfortunately was Ensemble Studios' last game. I know yeah. I told you, Liz, but Keith... Do you know what games Ensemble Studios made? Hmm. I feel like the name rings a bell. I guessed it right, correct? Yeah. Okay. Is it one that we played? No, but they did the same style of game that we played. I don't know. The reason why I got it is because it actually made me want to play that game. Yeah. So Ensemble Studios is known for the Age of Empires series. They are the creators of the Age of Empires. Uh, that makes sense. So Microsoft Studio actually ended up buying Ensemble Studios, and they hired them to create Halo Wars. But unfortunately, yeah, they Microsoft ended up closing the studio after Halo Wars, which I don't get why, because Halo Wars was a profitable game. But, I mean, they still have the talent. And as you can see, like Microsoft is still doing the Age of Empires series. So I think at the time, Microsoft didn't care about PC gaming, but now they do. But anyway, going around, I guess I'll start. For me, this is a game. I really like... Real-time strategy games on the console aren't great, but I always have kind of a sweet spot for them. My favorite genre is real-time strategy games. I think they're a lot of fun. I always enjoy like creating an army and a base and managing it and everything. So I love real-time strategy games, and even though they're not great on console, I still have a lot of fun with them. Like Even on Sega Genesis when I played Dune, I thought that was a great game. Uh, StarCraft 64 and the Nintendo 64 I thought was a lot of fun. They're really clunky to play with, and even this game is still a little clunky, but I still have a lot of fun, and I'm a huge fan of the Halo series. I don't think this game does a lot with the story, but uh, for me, this is a game. Yeah, I think it's a game. I think I didn't love it necessarily, and mostly because of the controls. Historically, I do really like real-time strategies. I used to play a lot of Warcraft, a lot of Starcraft back in the days, so it was... uh, Always like similar to you, a little bit of a sweet spot. I know mostly we used to just play like the custom maps and things like that, which I always found a lot of fun. But I didn't find myself loving this game. I had a lot of fun when I was playing, playing with you and playing with our friend Dave. Like that was a good time. I think it's it's fun cooperatively. It just falls a little bit boring for my liking when I'm playing it by myself, though. But it's a game. 
Yeah, I was kind of in the middle. I think I'm leaning towards the game. I said earlier, it made me want to play Age of Empires. I think I was playing that on the PC, like, I, I think like 15, 20 years ago. Wasn't it a long time? Sounds about right. Yeah, Age of Empires is, yeah, is a pretty old game. And it came out early, like 2000s. I definitely thought the entire time I was playing it that I wished that it was on the PC. Because I, I feel like it would have been more fun that way. I just, I don't know. And I kind of agree with Keith that this game is more fun when you're playing with the people. And I also think that the more time that you put into it, the more you like it. Like, so when I first start playing it, I'm like, eh, whatever. But then, like, half an hour to 45 minutes in is when I really start to like it more. Yeah. Yeah, I can see that. Even I even struggled a little bit when I picked it up and I couldn't, I kind of got bored. But then I sat and played it for, like, three hours straight. And so I, I get what you're saying there, Liz. Yeah, so you said you wish this was on PC. I will say there is a PC version. It is on Game Pass PC as well. I also felt like... I felt like the levels were really short. Even... I, I think you said they were on like 20 minutes, right? Yeah, they normally take between 5 to 25 minutes. Yeah, I felt like 5 minutes. It just like sped by, I think. And I actually didn't finish it. Um, but I definitely think that I could like it just I don't know I just I almost wish it was longer or that like the levels were more it felt very scripted but at the same time I thought that was weird because they didn't really like you said go into the story when we first started playing this game I told Andrew like I feel like I was just thrown in like I'm supposed to know what's going on with the story so there wasn't any of that initial investment going into it I was just like okay they're in a spacecraft or something I don't know (laughs) I think that's by design though I mean this isn't well chronologically this is the first Halo game it's not in release so in principle or in the idea would be is you've played a bunch of the other Halo games and now you're going back and going okay cool this is where it all started yeah, okay, so that is, I think, my biggest complaint about the Halo Wars scheme, uh, this first one here, is, yes, chronologically it is the first. You start off fighting in the uh, on the planet Harvest, which people who know the big lore of the Halo universe, that's kind of one of the big main planets where there's a bunch of battles going on. And I felt like they just really slightly touch on it. You're only on Harvest for, like, two missions, and then it's like, oh, we're going on, and... I didn't feel like any of the characters were that well-developed or anything like that. And, yeah, they don't explain kind of the story of what's going on and who the Covenant are, why they're fighting you, who are the Spartans and everything like that. So this game very much expects you to have played the Halo games, even though, yes, chronologically, this is like the first Halo game. So I thought that was really odd. But you had me play one of the Halo games. Yeah. And I felt like there. I thought there, I was expecting more of the story. And yeah. I know I just started it, and maybe later on there's a lot more cutscenes and stuff. But uh, for me, I just I didn't understand why I didn't have like a sequence at the beginning or something. Yeah, I, I do think that is very odd. So Halo Wars originally was released in 2009. So this game came out after Halo 2 and before Halo 3. So it's kind of in the like little sweet spot of where more of the information and like stuff you learned about the covenant after you played halo 2 and then you got halo wars so it adds like a little bit of depth to the overall universe but i thought very little by the end of the story of halo wars i didn't feel like i knew too much or why not make it about like a side character or something that's in the other games i feel like that would have been really cool yeah i mean you see some of the other spartans in halo wars because when you play halo 1 you play as Master Chief, who is supposedly the last Spartan. So this is kind of like showing you what happened to the other Spartans, but I didn't feel like they delved too much into them. 
you know, you got to control them and play with them and they were part of the story, but you didn't really learn about their characters. You didn't understand, like, what happened to them after the game. It just, they were there. And so I, I do agree. I think that was a huge missed opportunity. You had a nice array of characters. Like, some of these characters I thought were kind of interesting, but you don't see them anymore. I don't really think that they explained much of anything with the game. Yeah. There was, like, a tutorial section, but I felt like as I was playing with Andrew, he was teaching me tips and tricks that I don't think I really would have gotten on my own because I was just playing the way the game told me to. So I also felt like I was just kind of thrown into that as well. Well, so and I think this is kind of the case with any real-time strategy when you play the campaign in particular. There's always this weird... I don't want to say one hand tied behind your back, but kind of, because they they script the missions in a lot of ways so that there's maps where you can't you can only build one base, you can't expand, yeah. or you can't use any air units, you can only do infantry. So I think there's a little bit of that to it, but I think the big miss is, and it's a weird one because I complain about tutorials and I like that they don't push the advanced tutorial in your face. But the advanced tutorial, from what I can gather of all the things I missed, contains just a lot of, not tips to the game, it's like actual things you need to know. Yeah. So, so if if there are going to be things you need to know, like, what is it, holding the up button, you can use your specials, I think that falls under the advanced tutorial, but it took me a while to find that. And that's a really useful thing. So it's it's kind of weird. <laughs> yeah, it's it's like weird that it just doesn't tell you or give you all the tools that you need unless you actively seek it out. And it's kind of a bummer, but it's it's not so much that it's unplayable because of it or it's hard to find or anything like that. It's not a big miss, but it is sort of one. I think my least favorite thing with the game is that I kind of wish that I was building something throughout the levels like when I the first level like I built my base and started doing that but like I just felt like I was just constantly redoing things and I thought it would would have been nice if I was you know like creating like different machines and different types of people like later in levels and keeping my home base and maybe switching it up every now and then and then going back to it but I just it was a weird just like kind of restarting all the time well that's how most real-time strategy games are. But Every it's because they're so levels. short that I just, like, I was kind of like, oh, I wish I was just starting where I was last time. Well, one thing I do like from that perspective about the base building is because I'm very uncreative and just <laughs> I get frustrated with, like, trying to figure out where the best placement of certain buildings should be. I do like that it just has a, here's your grid. This is what you build, and this is where you build it, basically. So I was a big fan of that, and I think it actually created or kind of opened up a lot of grace for the controls being a controller art uh, real-time strategy well it's also i think too like you're upgrading the turrets you're you can upgrade your actual base and and different things like that that's why for me it makes sense to kind of do it the way that i was kind of hoping for and i also thought that in some levels i was really fighting to get enough supplies like i'd create a ton of supply ports or whatever you want to call them and there were some levels i just felt like i never had enough supplies and others where it wasn't a struggle at all so for me i i, I wish that it was just more like cohesive yeah I, I understand where you're coming from but the thing you got to remember with this game this game was designed to be a real-time strategy game on the console when they first made it i don't think they intentionally really had a plan to make it a pc version at all they eventually did come out with one but they wanted to make everything as simple as possible that you could actually play a real-time strategy game on a controller. 
So anyone who's actually played a real-time strategy game kind of knows, like, you need a mouse and a keyboard. Like, normally when you play a game like StarCraft and stuff, they actually give you a stat of how many actions per minute you can do and, like, how well you're able to coordinate and micromanage your entire base. You can't do that with a controller. With a controller, you really just kind of have to mash your units and stuff like that. So there always is a struggle making a real-time strategy game on the console. And I do agree with a lot of what you guys are saying. Like, I wish I could kind of build my base out more, maybe have some creative ways to, you know, design my base, be able to get more resources. But this is on a console, and you're just really limited. So you just... I don't know. I think the game does a very solid job making do with what limitations there are for the console. I will say that, yeah, it, it's a very weird like line where the controls are one of my biggest complaints because they're a little bit clunky, but at the same token, they did a really good job of making it accessible with a controller. So like, I think of when I'm playing my like Warcraft real-time strategy on my, on the PC – click and drag you can select you know one unit four units all your units you know kind of double click things it's so open and free you lose that ability but they do make it easy to like quick select units find the ones you want do all of that it just feels clunky and i think it's a matter of muscle memory almost of what i'm used to and what i want for my real-time strategy that i feel slow yeah oh no you definitely are slow like yeah because with a the big thing when you're playing on the PC is you can create assigned groups, group one, group two, group three. So you can have like, oh, I want all my archers on group one or my air units on group two, kind of thing like that. But you can't do that with a controller. You're you're limited with your buttons. So it, you're essentially, yeah, just at the end of the day, the gameplay essentially comes down to building a mass of units and just shoving them into the enemy and basically win by like meat grinder. Just keep throwing your enemies at the enemy troops and eventually you'll win. I mean, it is Halo Wars, not Halo Battles. So I guess it makes <laughs> sense. Just have one big war, not a bunch of tiny battles. <laughs> I also thought, too, so I started playing the game by myself. Then I was playing a bunch of levels with Andrew. And then I went back to playing with myself. And I felt like um, around, like, I think I was, like, level 12 or something. I went back and I was playing alone. And I thought that my difficulty was too easy because I learned a lot from you. So I, I kind of liked the difficulty at first. Oh, I think maybe easy was was too easy for me even at the beginning, but um, I did like the, the difficulty levels. Yeah. So the difficulty is still very much the same as Halo. Um, when you play the Halo games, you of course have the four difficulties: easy, normal, hard, and legendary. And so that still of course carries over. And also too, in a typical Halo fashion, there's also skulls you can find, which skulls are kind of modifiers. They're kind of like cheat codes. Some are good for you, some are, are bad for you, but they'll kind of affect the overall gameplay and also your score at the end of each round. So I do love that this game does such a fantastic job feeling like a Halo game. I thought they did a really good job with the character designs and just actually adding units that normally weren't in the Halo universe, but I felt like they are in the Halo universe. Like you got some vehicles like the Wolverine, the Cyclops, those normally aren't in the Halo games, but they totally feel like they could live in this universe. So I think this game does a really nice job with kind of the feel of all the Halo and everything. And yeah, like you said with the difficulty, I I think it does, once again, a really, it's it just feels like Halo with the difficulty. Like if anyone who plays Halo, if you play on easy, you literally like look at enemies and they die. And that's essentially how this game is too. You can make mistakes. Yeah, oh, you could like 
you could wipe out the enemy with like one unit. <laughs> but once you get to like legendary, the gameplay really mixes it up. It adds like the enemy will have units that aren't normally available in that level. Like if you're playing a different difficulty, so there'll be different strategies that are going on that the enemy will send at you, and it'll actually change the gameplay up quite a bit. And then it's like if you want even more of a challenge, yeah, you can activate these skulls and give the enemy just more health or make the enemies explode when they die, like these random modifiers. So I think the game has a really awesome diversity in the difficulty. Yeah, I think I pretty much hung around normal. I, I jumped in at that. I found it comfortable, and I played through on that. I did honestly switch it to easy for one mission. Um, but that's a whole different story, I guess. But <laughs> one thing I really did like about it, and I think you described it best, maybe it's not an original thought, I don't know, but is you, you described the units as sort of a rock, paper, scissor. So yeah. it, it makes it just a lot simpler to play. And, and again, going back to the controls, it just it makes it easier when you can boil it down to, okay, they're building a lot of vehicles. I need to go infantry, or I need to go yeah. with air units, or there's a lot of infantry, so I need to go with my my uh, ground vehicles. units or vehicles. There we go. I don't know. <laughs> See, I wasn't good at the. I'm not saying I was good at it, but I did. I just did like that it was kind of just boiled down to that. There wasn't a lot of like, okay, this unit specifically is good against this unit specifically. Because if I had to deal with that level of complexity, I I don't think I could have played it. Yeah, I mean, obviously there's like a little give and take, but yeah, the game is meant to be kind of a rock, paper, scissors. Infantry is good against air, air is good against vehicles, vehicles good against infantry. But obviously there's like a little give and take. Like with the vehicles, there is like an anti-air vehicle. So you can kind of just stick with vehicles and still kind of obviously fight well against air, but that's essentially how the game is supposed to be boiled down is as a kind of a rock, paper, scissors. So... Yeah, being a game where you're mostly going to end up massing a lot of the same unit or kind of thing and just throwing people at the enemy base, it is kind of nice that you just got to figure out what works well against another unit. But there's not a ton of units, so it's not like, as Keith was saying, oh, this one guy is only good against this type of unit, and you got to work with that. So, yeah, I do like that it's it's very simple. I think another reason why I absolutely love real-time strategy games on the console as far as I can remember and think, anytime there's a real strategy, uh, real-time strategy game on the console, it always does a fantastic job with multiplayer, specifically like co-op. So the campaign, in once again, another typical Halo fashion, you can play the entire campaign co-op, and of course there's also skirmish battles, you can go against the AI, you can also play online multiplayer, but I actually really enjoyed the co-op in this game. I played co-op with both of you, and I really enjoyed kind of the it it was interesting. It didn't make the game easy. It actually kind of, if anything, made it harder to play co-op. It is nice having another person kind of help coordinate some units with you, but the fact that you had to share your resources with your partner and then you're also kind of fighting over the very limited base space, I thought co-op was really interesting in this game. I think it's all about being with somebody who is, like, a good listener, like, <laughs> a good, like, communication dynamic. So I'm an awful teammate. <sighs> I didn't want to say it. It's one of those things where you're like, Andrew, um, I want to get to 500 and get this. And then he just got to keep spending the money, even though we needed the thing. You were the or one who was spending all the money. There was one time, I don't know Women what you shopping. were doing. I had all of the troops, and he had like one person. And I was trying to use the base, and he, he wasn't doing that. I'm like, what are you doing? What are you doing? And so I just ended up giving him like... 
Yeah, or have you don't see what I'm doing. I'm like, you spent all the money. I couldn't build any units. I have one unit. But you say you say something. I don't know what you started with, but you say, hey, I could use some units. But no, you're just like sitting there while I do all the work, and then I just transferred like a bunch of my guys to you. Doing all the work. Well, because also too, I were working on the base. You weren't working with the troops. <laughs> I was buying everything because you weren't doing. I you were AFK, man. No, I wasn't. <laughs> okay. <laughs> well, the reason, too, is because I wanted to take more of a backseat role. We were playing on, like, easy or normal, so I'm like, this is really easy. I don't just want to go in and plow everything for you and you not experience the game. But there's different things that you can do. Like, you knew that I knew how to, like, build up the base and all that kind of stuff. So you could have been doing that to help while I was There was no in. money. But if I... <sighs> Women be shopping. That's some, that's some bull right there. <laughs> Women be doing everything. <laughs> Yeah, I don't. I think the only well, as far as campaign, I think you and I only played one campaign mission, and it was especially difficult because it was literally one base, and oh, it just yeah. made it really difficult. I think we, I actually think we did a pretty good job, partly because I honestly just know how good you are at real-time strategy games that I was like, I'm just gonna follow your lead on this and do what I can to help out, which in some cases meant selling a supply drop to build a building that you had already built but you know i did my best <laughs> but it, it really was it was interesting like you said that we had to share resources and base and everything but it did make it fun um, i really had most fun i think when we were playing the skirmishes though it was it was just kind of fun you know i guess just stomping the computer or comp yeah. stomp i believe is, is yeah. the proper term yeah, but I, I was having some fun with that where, I don't know, it felt very relaxed and sort of easy, but not too easy. And it's just a good time. Yeah, we were doing a 3v3, and yeah, our friend Dave and you, you guys just built a ton of infantry. And I know it's getting a little bit ahead of time, but graphically, the game was really starting to struggle, and it was real, the frames were going down to like the single digits because the screen was just filled with infantry units and then anytime one of you would shoot all rocket launchers like the game would essentially almost crash no that was dave dave was the one who had about a million infantry units i was rocking a lot of air units or a lot of vehicles usually uh i saved up for for what was it the, not the scorpion is that what it was yeah yeah that was a lot of fun i liked that unit yeah oh no the scarab because you were the covenant Scar yeah that's right yeah so this is like this has always been my favorite thing with real time strategy games with consoles. It's like they're always to me. I think just a really fun co op time. Even as like when I was younger, I always remember just playing kind of real time strategy games with consoles, and I always think they're just a lot of fun. But I kind of wanted to get more of you guys' thoughts. So this is obviously first introduction to Halo games. Are you guys at all interested in this universe? Did you find it intriguing at all? Did you understand what was going on? I know enough about the Halo games, I would say, and and the aspect of I know Halo like I know Star Wars. I get a lot of the culture behind it. I've played some of the games, just like I've kind of seen some of the movies here and there. I know enough about it to, to act like I do, but all in all, I don't know the big-time lore. So, no, I didn't really know what was going on but i i didn't hate the storytelling in it i thought it was pretty good the cutscenes, again maybe getting a little ahead of myself the graphics were fantastic for a 2009 game yeah uh, i want to get well talk about that a little bit later yeah because i we'll discuss the cutscenes in a little bit but, but it yeah, but at least it great. made 
but it, for the context of what we're talking about now, I felt like it made the cutscenes at least a little more engaging. I'm not looking yeah. at it going, what is this on my screen right now? <laughs> yeah, playing the... Which Halo was it that I played with you separate from We this? were playing Halo 1. We, we played a little bit of the Master Chief Collection. We were playing Halo 1, the very first Halo game that was released. Yeah, see, for me, when we are playing that, I know I just started, but it did seem like a little bit basic. And like I said, it didn't go into the story too much. I kind of want to play like a newer Halo game. Halo game. I think that would actually get me more invested and then go back. But I, I mean, I'm interested, but I'm not like gun ho, like, yeah, let's go after these Halo games. Because <laughs> neither of you are really huge into sci fi, are you? Not really. It's not my big thing. And I don't know. There's just something about the way the Halo games always played. It just, I mean, like just about any first person shooter, wasn't very good shocker but at the same token i just didn't i didn't care for the the style it wasn't even until what like halo 4 that they added a sprint and things like that yeah so it's just it's a weird complaint but it was something that i it never drove me to but i used to also play a ton of the multiplayer because it was just the thing you did back then land parties of halo yeah, for me, I just wish that story-wise, if you're going to have story in a game, like I really want to like at least one of the characters. That's really big for me. So I don't mind it just being like kind of like a simple combat game. But if you're going to have like the cutscenes and like have story in it, like the easiest way for me not to be bored is to like have a character that I'm rooting for. Yeah. And I felt like with this game, they they didn't give enough story, and the story that they did didn't make me like thrilled about it. So that's why I'm like hoping the other Halo games have more of what I'm looking for. So hopefully when we play, if we ever do end up starting to tackle the Master Chief Collection, because that's going to be a challenge, I hope you guys enjoy it. Because I love the overall lore of Halo. I, think, I have an open mind. I think it'll be good. Ah, See, I, I love the Halo games. I know earlier today you actually asked me, Liz, oh, do you read much? Halo was actually one of the few series that I actually read. I read about four books in the Halo series. I Nerd. always... I love the games. I think the universe is really good. The storytelling is fantastic. They had a podcast, too, that came up before Halo 5 that was really good. Wait, so maybe that's what I should do. Do you think I would... I love to read. Do you think I would like the books? Maybe if I read the books, I would... Possibly. I mean, because I'm not like a, I'm not a huge reader, but I remember when I read those books, I actually found them really, really good. Oh, maybe that's where I should start. <laughs> How has this never been made into a movie? Uh, they've almost did. Uh, there's still supposedly a TV series coming out uh, that Steven Spielberg is like producing or slightly loosely tied to it. But there was a couple times there was supposed to be a movie. There was a couple live action trailers. Um, Neil Blomkamp was oh, the I director of them. Yeah, he was going to do the movie, but ended up doing District Nine instead and ended up doing his own project. I think it's scary for uh, film creators when it comes to something that's so loved. I mean, especially with games. I think books, people are a bit more flexible. But, I mean, I just... The Witcher, like when that came out, the TV show. Yeah. Like, people are very opinionated. So I'm sure that's not why they're, like, hesitant. But, like, also I feel like they should be hesitant. Because <laughs> I feel like Halo fans are, like, diehard. Oh, yeah. I mean, this is a this is Microsoft's big IP. This is their big game that they've had. This has been around since the original Xbox. Since Xbox has been Xbox. So, is there a Gears movie? There's one coming out. Okay. Yeah. I was gonna say because, like, I mean, I feel like that would do really well. Possibly, 
Gears is also very violent, so I think it might be very weird to kind of how to how you do with the movie, because it, it's got to be R. Like you cannot make a PG thirteen Gears movie. No. They literally have a chainsaw on their gun. <laughs> yeah, I feel like that'd be cutting short a lot of what the actual point of it is. Yeah. So maybe yeah, I don't think you can. But then you cut out. I don't want to say cut out your game base because in theory, that's your target audience. Like, yeah, the game wouldn't market to the same age groups, I guess, but it's still just, yeah, it's it's weird. I don't know how I feel about that. Yeah, and so that's kind of, I'm curious, too, what they do with a Halo game. Technically, all the Halo games are M-rated, but they're not super violent or bloody or gory or anything like that. Like, you got some alien blood and human blood here and there, but that's about it. So you could technically maybe make a PG-13 Halo movie. But I would rather watch someone get killed by a chainsaw than watch something like Cuties. Like, I feel like there's so much worse on the internet. <laughs> That, like, if someone was, like, you know, upset about it, I'd just be like, go on Netflix, dude. Like, <laughs> But anyway, we're getting off track. Uh, let's. I want to get into the graphics because, yeah, Keith, you were talking about the cutscenes. So the cutscenes, yeah, so this game came out in 2009, and the cutscenes, even today, I remember when I first saw it, they were phenomenal, and even today, they still look really, really good. Uh, there's one cutscene specific at the end where the Spartans are fighting a bunch of elites, and it is like a really just cool segment. It's a really cool just like cutscene short movie. And the studio that ended up doing the CGI, uh, Blur Studios, they actually ended up doing the CGI cutscenes of Halo 2 Anniversary Edition that just came out not too long ago. And if you see those cutscenes as well, like if we co- when we cover the Master Chief Collection, those cutscenes are r- ridiculous. <laughs> Especially when you compare them to old school version because they were redone and everything with the anniversary collection the studio is really talented they do a fantastic job with the faces and emotions i don't know these people need to make a movie i I feel like you're saying fantastic a lot for this episode so i'm like excited to see what your score is i love you always judge words that i say (laughs) each episode (laughs) you say balance a lot this episode i say you say what last episode i think you said i said balance a lot Mm mm-hmm well, That's I think right. you always say fantastic a lot in this podcast. But I just feel like extra. I feel like like you're really excited. That's great. Andrew's a big Halo nerd, so this is like <laughs> all this likes being rude. Well, or you're sensitive, was... maybe. <laughs> well, all that to say is that yeah, I think that the cutscenes were fantastic. To steal Andrew's word, I do agree. I, though there's definitely some things as far as the gameplay graphics that. Okay, yeah. this is a 2009 game. Not nothing offensive, if you will. You know, in terms of like this is terrible. It's just okay. This is 2009. Uh, I like in particular. There's maybe it happens in other ones too. But there's there's the mission where the it, the covenant is invading a city or a planet or whatever, and you're trying to help evacuate the city, and one of the the ships takes off and it crashes and you have this explosion across the screen and it's just this weird blur of red, yeah. yellow, and orange. It does not look great. But uh, if that's the worst that they do in the game, I'm not going to knock it for that, especially for its age. See, I want to see the people in the newer Halo games because I definitely think that the people looked very dated graphically. Oh, yeah. But that's why I'm kind of intrigued to see like where it ended up. Well, when you zoom in, yes, the units are very kind of low polygon, but it makes sense because you're supposed to be building a ton of units and everything like that. There's a lot of motion going on on the screen. So I think to kind of save the frame rates, they obviously do kind of more low polygon type of units. 
But Keith, you reminded me. So yes, when you play the game, there are in-game cutscenes, and of course they use the in-game engine, and yeah, they look kind of rough. The animations are pretty cheesy. The graphics are pretty bad. But my biggest complaint is they are unskippable, oh, yeah. and that drove me insane because there is a lot about with with Halo Wars that this game is meant to be replayed a lot. You're going to be replaying these levels quite often, especially if you're trying to get some of these challenges, trying to find hidden objects, trying to do the side missions. You're going to end up playing these missions a lot, and it is so infuriating not being able to skip these cutscenes. That one you were talking about with the ship crashing, ugh, I ended up doing that level so many times on Legendary because my ship kept dying and I kept forgetting how to use the hero abilities. And seeing that cutscene over and over and over again was just really annoying. Maybe they're just a good snack ratio, though. No, because they're not long enough and it dumps you right into the game in most cases. Well, you can pause. That's at least one thing. You can pause those cutscenes, but you can't skip them. Like, that's... Just let me skip it. <laughs> yeah, I will say, I don't know how long you usually had to watch the non-in-game cutscenes, or the main cutscenes, whatever you want to call them, but they also kind of served as a loading screen, which I appreciated, because yeah. I noticed if, if I was skipping them, I'd get like a 15-second load screen, 10-second load screen, but if I watched the whole thing, boom, drops you right into the game. So I think that's a pretty high praise for this game. I mean, I don't know how many yeah. games were doing that back then. I feel like some do now but it's still even not common. I didn't think about that. Yeah, there was very few times I saw a load screen. That's a good point. Yeah, so that was something that I found pretty cool about the game, I guess. Yeah. So in-game graphically, yeah, I think this game is just okay. It does a decent job. One thing that I think is kind of a nice little little detail is as units, if they're getting low on health, like if they're a vehicle, if you zoom in, the vehicle will actually be missing like chunks of armor or like, yeah, if you're... If it's an infantry unit, some of the units will be dead. Oh, see, I actually like the in-game graphics more than the cutscene graphics. What? Yeah, I don't Excuse know what you. it was. Uh, your well, I just like I said, like I feel like the cutscene graphics. I mean, they were good for the time, but they were still dated. What? Are, are you talking about the same one I with think, the story? I think we need to find Liz a couple more 2009 games and have her watch <laughs> those cutscenes. You literally talked about how they thought they were good. Like No, I do think they're good. I mean, it's not an insult to the cutscene graphics. I'm just saying that I, I really liked the, the in-game graphics. I don't know what it was about it, but... I mean, like I said, they were good for the time, the cutscene graphics. But, like, for that reason, they didn't blow me away. They are dated. But the in-game graphics, I just... I, I don't know. I don't think they're dated at all. I'm surprised you're not praising it more. You're always Wait, you don't willing... think they're dated at all? Like, their no. faces... I think the faces are really good. Yeah. That's always your biggest complaint is people's faces. For the face time, like the hologram, like a hologram now versus a hologram, hologram well, in this yes. Game. I mean, you're talking Therefore 11 year, You're talking like 11 year difference. But 2009, they did a fantastic job with facial features, lips, mouths. Okay, I, I've said this like five times that it is good for the time. I think it's good even today. Yeah, you could have told me this bad. game was 2015. I didn't say it was bad. And I would have said, yeah. okay. I, I would have believed that. I, oh, see, I don't, I don't know about that. I was actually <laughs> I surprised when I looked it up and realized that it was 2009. Now, does it matter that it's the definitive edition? No, these like, are the same. Okay, I didn't know if it was I remastered originally... or anything like that. Yeah, this is my first time playing the definitive edition. I played Halo Wars when it first came out, obviously. And so that's why I'm revisiting this. And I remember them being exactly the same. Okay. Wait, so, I mean, I don't want to... If you look at the graphics for something, like, a game, like, the Gears game that we played, what was that, Gears 5? Yeah. 
if uh, compared this game to the graphics of Gears Five, and you're saying you still think they're they're great? Yeah, uh, don't get me wrong. Gears Five is better. You don't think it looks dated compared to Gear Gears Five? I slightly yes. Okay, so like I said, they just came out with the Halo Two anniversary, which the same studio did those cutscenes. If you compare the two cutscenes, you can see that yes, technologically wise, they got better, but it's still very impressive. Okay. <laughs> you're just you're blown away. I thought for sure you would have been like so impressed because I feel like so many I am impressed with what they face. could do back then. Yeah. But anyway. But of course, the next thing I think that Halo Wars absolutely nails is the music. Halo, to me, has some of the best video game music. Just the, the iconic monks at the beginning of the main menu is really good. And just they know any time a battle goes on. Yes. Like, that is the best way to describe They really just make the battles, and the music just kicks in in really good moments, and it just. It's a fantastic soundtrack. Because I feel like a lot of games don't think about the timing of their music as yeah. much as they should. And I think this game really does it, and they do it well. There was never, like, a time where I was like, oh, man, this this soundtrack is, is great. But I think it was great for the game. Yeah. Yeah, it's definitely not a Spotify listen for me. It's probably on there, if I were to bet, just because it's Halo. So why wouldn't they yeah. make extra money off it somehow? But it's not a Spotify playlist for me. But I did like it for the game. I, I I liked what they did. You guys both said it. I mean, the timing felt right. It wasn't in your face, but it was present and it was good. And it's consistent I mean, for the Halo games. It may be a Spotify listen to you for the other Halo games. Halo 2 has some butt rock on it, Keith. Mm. <laughs> uh, the original soundtrack for Halo 2, I think it had like Breaking Benjamin and Incubus on it. Oh, so. man. Incubus is Canada's greatest band. I don't know if you know that. So you Wait, might... is Incubus considered butt rock? No. no. But I, was, I don't Keith, think Keith's so. Keith's youth like Incubus back in middle school. I, I want to think of like Nickelback as like butt rock. Yeah. I believe the term I, I used in high school for Incubus was bummy. I don't... <laughs> I could be wrong on that, but I believe that was my term. Wait. Now it's just butt rock, and that's... Yeah, that's Nickelback. Anything that has like fist or an animal in the, in the name of their band. Yeah, you're... So but, wait, what did you listen to in high school? I feel like the listeners really want to know this, Keith. Oh, I, was, I mean, the same things I listen to now, but yep. I was... A lot of J-Lo. <laughs> well, actually, that's a really good point. I I love to throw in some good J-Lo. Why not? <laughs> I was listening to Kanye the other day, but then I was also listening to like some good old 50s oldies. Um, but then there's also my emo phase. I don't know. I think I listened to the same 200 songs, and that's about it. Just, I hate country music, though. I will tell you that. I stand, and Wait, I will I die on that hill. I you liked country music. I thought you and Melissa argued about that. Oh, my goodness. No, I hate country music. <laughs> oh. oh. I really like, thought that you loved country music. I would rather bleed from the ears than listen to any country music. That is, Jeez. That is, of course, aside from the American classic, I believe Brad Paisley and LL Cool J, Accidental Racist, it is hilariously accidentally racist in the name which they're trying to fight racism it's amazing if you want a good laugh go look up that song i feel like this is probably the most sidetracked episode we've ever done <laughs> well we're doing it we're we're doing it at a weird hour i don't know <laughs> all right well i'm gonna keep it going so of course the achievements and as far as achievements go this is not for achievement hunters but 
it has one of Liz's favorite features where it actually sprinkles a good amount of achievements at you. But they're Fortunately, not fun. They're, some are. They're actually, it does a decent job making, making some fun achievements. So there's 15 levels in the campaign, and each level there is a specific achievement to do something. So the first level is to run over, I think it was like 20 enemies with the Warthog. So it's not an actual side quest or, or side job or anything like that, a side mission, but it is a specific achievement mission. Or so like, this is a game you actually have to look up the achievements before you play if you're if you're focused on them. Because I have some no them, idea yeah. about any of that. Yeah, and then of course you're getting achievements for finding some of the skulls, which I thought was kind of funny. One of the achievements is called uh, A Lovely Bunch of Coconuts. Mm which is a Mighty Python reference, which I thought was kind of funny. But, uh, yeah, I think the achievements are fine. It's definitely not for achievement hunters because I put in, I think, over 24 hours, and I, I'm only at, at 560 gamer score out of 1,500. There's a lot... The big ones that give you a lot of points are to play, like, over 50 skirmish games, 60, 70, 80. I think one of them is 100 skirmish games. Sheesh. And that is a lot of time. It's a lot, a lot also, of hours. Also, I guess I... I guess I take back what I said because that does sound fun. That the what was it, Marty Python you said? Mm-hmm. But anyway, so Andrew, yeah, you got five sixty. Keith, whopping ninety five. Good job, mm-hmm. Keith. Mm-hmm. Round of applause. I got one fifty five. I think the reason why I thought that they weren't fun is that when you, whenever you beat a level, you get like five points. Yeah. And I mean, I just didn't really see much besides that. I I don't know. I just it's kind of meh. I think there's like it does like a nice like I said sprinkling some achievements for you, but yeah, a lot of them are just really low value. Uh, but the average time to beat the campaign isn't very long; it's 15 missions. The average complete time is about five to nine hours. And then, of course, if you want to replay it on a harder difficulty, try to find all the skulls, all the black boxes. There's a lot you can kind of do to play. Like this game actually has a decent amount of replay value. So, completionist wise, it's very difficult. But getting into our final thoughts, so. For me, I absolutely loved Halo Wars. I love the Halo universe, so for me, this is just another great addition to the Halo games. I love real-time strategy games, so it's a perfect fit for me. I always love when Microsoft kind of has their own IPs and does a different, unique game. Like, there's even a twin-stick shooter Halo game, so just because it's a Halo game, it's not like, oh, it has to be a first-person shooter. And it's the same with the Gears of War. Just recently, they came out with Gear Tactics, where it's a strategy game. So I always love when a game has a universe and they create a different style type of game. But to me, this feels very Halo. The units designs are great. The music is really Halo. I love the co-op aspect. The multiplayer is a lot of fun. Yeah, the gameplay is a bit dated. It's a real-time strategy game for console, so the gameplay is relatively basic. In the end, you're going to be amassing a lot of units, just shoving it at the enemy. But the missions at least are pretty varied. Like, you'll have some missions where you only have a small amount of units or you're trying to do something specific. And I think some of the missions are actually a lot of fun, and they kind of add some nice gameplay to it. But it is just hard to have a nice strategy micromanaging on a console. But this is a lot of fun to play with friends. So if you have a couple friends you play with co-op, highly recommend it. I'm going to give it an 85. I think that's I think that's a fair, fair estimation of everything. I... I think my biggest issue still goes back to it's just I'm not I've always liked real-time strategy games but I've not overly great at all the micromanagement I usually like again the custom maps where it's just kind of played out this doesn't have it it's not a big miss for me by any means I wasn't expecting it I had a hard time getting into it and 
I think maybe because I just don't know and love Halo the way some people do, that didn't really strike me. But it does a good job, and I, I think if you just want to kind of dip your toe in, it's it's a fairly simple way to, but you're not probably going to find out much about the Halo series. If you like real-time strategies and you don't play have a computer, definitely a game just to give it a shot, and you have Game Pass. I think I'd go with a 77 as a score. Okay, so this is really fun because I'm doing 77 too. I didn't copy you. I already had it in my mind this time, actually. <laughs> I think the biggest problem for me with this game is that every time that I played it, I kind of had to warm up to it again. And then I ended up liking it, but then I was kind of just like, oh, I don't know if I feel like playing. And so for me, it was like that every single time that I played. And I kind of went over before that I was kind of looking for something a little bit different. And yeah, I think 77 is a good score for me. And then looking at Metacritic... 81 and 7.7 from users. The critic who gave it a 75 said, A solid game for series fans, although real-time strategy enthusiasts may be put off by its simplistic gameplay formula. Another critic who gave an 80, and it's weird because a user just like copied and pasted it and gave it a 10 for this, the same um, description. Mm may not be as strong as some other legitimate classics of the genre or even the franchise it is associated with. However, what it is undoubtedly is an underrated game that deserves more attention. So, yeah. Yeah. Also, so, pretty positive. I feel like the people who wrote in, I mean, they may have given it like a six or whatever, but yeah, I'd say overall positive. I don't think people were as angry on the internet in 2009. <laughs> people a little more uh, reserved. But yeah, it does make me sad that this was Ensemble Studios' last game. But, I mean, obviously the talent's still there, and they're still obviously working on... I'm sure many of the people are still working on the Age of Empires games or even worked on the Halo Wars 2. But yeah, at the end, there was even a note from Ensemble Studios thanking everyone for playing the game, and it kind of made me sad. Mm. But anyway, I think that's going to do it for us this week. So thank you so much to our listeners, Sawyer and Matthew, for recommending that we start doing some of the Halo series games. Uh, like I said... We'll try to figure out how to do Master Chief Collection. I don't know if we're going to do all the games. We might do some of them. We haven't quite figured it out, but I'm sure at some point we'll try to tackle it. But I've been your hardcore gamer host, Andrew. You can find me on Xbox Live at Firebird Z1952. If you have a suggestion for us, you can email us at GamePassGrabBag at gmail.com. We're also on Facebook, GamePassGrabBag. And if you just Google us, you can probably find us in various places. Uh, We also have a PayPal set up on Facebook if you feel so inclined to support us. Uh, thank you all so much for listening. Um, if you want to check out my stream, I'm at Firebird. Or, did I already say that? You said a lot I of things. So. I know. I, I always get that. I kind, of, I kind of drift off when you're going through this. Oh, I'm sure like everyone does. Oh, I wait for I you to know. stop talking. And then Is I say Firebird? something inane. Yeah, I don't know. Firebird 01952? Yep. Yeah. Twitch. YouTube. On things. Anyway, I'll stop then. If I'm boring my co-host, I'm sure I'm boring you people. Take it away, Keith. Name, Keith. And happy belated Thanksgiving, because we probably should have said that last week. But we'll say it this week. I said it on our Facebook page. Ah. Happy Facebook Thanksgiving. <laughs> and I'm Liz the Noob, gamertag, comment on Gene. I'm on Twitter at Liz Noob. Noob is EW. Hi, everybody. Thank you all so much for listening. We hope you all have a great upcoming holiday. Stay safe out there. We'll see you again next week. Bye, guys. Gobble, gobble.